And the range goes to private money and this private money you charge like 10, 12, 15, 16, 18, 20, 25%. The sky is the limit. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Hello, Right Club Nation. It's Laurel Simmons here. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out our online community yet? I really hope you do because our online community is a place where you can find lots of education, training, and information about real estate investing and about general business. Plus, it's a great place to network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all our podcast episodes, and tons of videos about a wide range of topics. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, on with our podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Laurel Simmons here, and I'm with Sarah Larby, my wonderful co-host here at The Right Club, and we are thrilled to uh, have a, uh, a, a different kind of guest, right, Sarah? Someone who really started from rock bottom, and we don't often get those kinds of guests. But before we get into that, well, tell, tell us what you're up to these days. What am I up to? You know what? I, I'm, I'm working on a new balance for my schedule because I think it's all about lifestyle. And, you know, even though my summers I take off, I still have to figure out exactly my schedule for the Mondays and Fridays during the fall and the winter. And, you know, it's, uh, it's slowly getting there, but some weeks I'm like, oh my God, how did I schedule so many meetings? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm working on a few things. I'm working obviously on the resort. That's going to be a long-term project working on, uh, developing two eight units, uh, mixed use buildings, uh, which we are building from scratch, which was going to be awesome. Uh, a couple things in Hamilton, some conversions, and uh, and just continuing the short-term, mid-term rental strategy along the way. What about you? Well, I'm kind of excited because we're heading down to Costa Rica soon to uh, to look at some uh, properties that are being developed down nice. there. So that's a nice way to combine business and pleasure, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So where in Costa Rica are you looking? Because I'm actually negotiating something in Tamarindo right now, like a fourplex there. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 there's uh, we we have something in Tamarindo, and we have something, and I'm gonna you, you I don't remember uh, Azul Dumar maybe, uh, and more on the a little bit farther south, you know. Anyway, lots there's lots of stuff going on down there. It's really kind of cool. Yeah, you know what I think it's important to still regardless, and I wasn't so into this as much back in the day, but with everything that happened through the pandemic, I think it's just important to diversify, diversify in different asset classes, diversify in different countries and different currencies. Um, and you know, what? one of the things I really actually liked about Costa Rica was the fact that with $150,000 investment, you can apply for a temporary residency and then you can go and apply for your permanent residency uh, from there. And it's, uh, you know, again, talk to a, a real estate lawyer that, that deals with that, but it seems from the research that I've done, that's an option to, you know, be a resident in another country fairly easily. I mean, $150,000 investment, uh, you know, is, is a good entry point. It's not 500 grand. <laughs> no, it's, it's within reach of a lot of people, although it's U S dollars, but still it's, it's within reach of, of other people and, or a lot of other people. And uh, it, it is an option. It's just another option in, in, in our arsenal of, uh, of tools, right? Like mm -hmm. we do this, we do that. You, you invest in you have VERS, you have buy and hold, you have flips, you do rent to own, whatever it is. Uh, you, we, these days we have to have more than one strategy. Yeah, absolutely. So today's guest is Konstantin Kuligin, and uh, he came from Russia, really built himself from the ground up. But we actually talk a lot about whether or not somebody wants to become a private lender. And actually, he is one of them, uh, a private lender as well. So we also talk about it in, in different ways, whether you want to be a lender or you want to get properties that you need money for. Uh, we talk about everything in between that. So it's, it's a great conversation, super insightful. And it's nice to just like talk to somebody that's just genuine, wants to share. I mean, there's lots of people that, that you know, love to share, but I, I just, I really felt like he's just you know, I don't know, he just goes above and beyond to, to help others be successful. And you can feel that when you have a discussion with him. 
And you can really, can really tell that, you know, he took that, you know, the, the famous book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad to heart, right? Because he said when he came to Canada, he didn't, he didn't know anyone and he had nothing. It absolutely nothing. And he took that book to heart and, and look where he is now. So yeah, it's all about motivation and getting out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's bring him in. All right, let's do it. Well, welcome, Constantine. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic, Laurel. And you're out in uh, Vancouver, correct? Uh, yes, we just opened a recently an office last year, so I'm traveling back. We have a headquarter in, in Calgary, but uh, we opened an office on North Shore in Vancouver, so we're traveling back and forth. Yes. So, and uh, sitting at the office here as well. So, the West Coast, I mean, Vancouver's beautiful, and, and you know what? Calgary's a beautiful city too. I, I love both cities, they're wonderful places to be. So, let's get into it. Let's tell us a little bit about your background. Like, so, you, you've been a real estate investor? Uh, yes, I, I've been in, in, I own properties, I flip properties, I sell, I, uh, now we're lending money. So we realize that it's kind of, more, it's working best for, for, for me and my, uh, my surroundings and my clients and my investors. So how many properties, like how many doors did you have? Like what, you know, is, is, when you got started, what, what, what got you into real estate investing? Absolutely. Um, I am original from, uh, from Russia, you know, poor Russia. Um, and so I came to Canada about 12 years ago and I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so, oh my goodness, like why nobody buying real estate? Back, back in my, my home country, like nobody buy real estate. So when I moved to Canada, I have to rent because I didn't bring $500,000 cash. So I cannot buy real estate and I didn't have any credit. So I started buying real estate. I bought four properties and I realized really quickly that um, banks are making a lot of money of these properties and you as an investor held all the risk. So I quickly realized that and because my goal was to have 50 houses, you know, 50 houses paying me $100 a month every month. I said, I will be set for life. And, you know, right now $5,000 doesn't cover my uh, housing expenses. So when I realized that I transitioned um, into private lending space. So in 2012, first of all, a couple of years I was learning English. I, I moved to 2010, a couple of years I learned English. Uh, then I worked on survival jobs, you know, washing dishes, you know, pounding pills up north, installing lined floors, whatever I can survive for. And then I reread the book again and I bought my first property when I was um, in Calgary, like after a year or two. And I bought another one and another one and then I bought in the US as well. And then I realized like at four properties, I kind of realized, well, looks like, you know, a couple hundred bucks cash flow is not sexy. Let's do something better. And in 2013, I got my mortgage license. And then in 2014, we started lending money. So when I started lending money, I realized I, was, I want to lend like a thousand loans. So I, I currently have about hundred loans personally myself. And about, uh, that's what we lend out in about close to 400 loans with my investors. So basically, VIP rate a fund, bond fund that allow us to provide, you know, people who can get traditional financing. And at that time, now we help in real estate investors who wants to do flipping houses. We have a happy flipper program where we provide financing. And we also help, um, you know, borrowers who can get bank financing. And, and we use like private money a lot to acquire property. You stabilize it. And then basically you uh, sell it. If you, if you want to sell it or you refinance it using birth strategy, uh, with that, you can just keep the asset if you wish to. I mean, I find it interesting because sometimes, you know, in the trajectory of, of real estate investors' goals, not always, but sometimes their end goal is to be the bank at the end, right? When they've acquired enough that, you know, they've, they've got the equity and the ability to then say, I'm just going to turn it around and not deal with property managers or tenants or renovations or any of that stuff. And I'm going to lend it out. Um, what are the pros and cons of, of doing something like that? That's an awesome question. And that's how I realized it's like four stages of investing in real estate. It started with the first stage. Like I start, like a lot of people starting, they buy what they can buy themselves. They buy what they can buy with the family. And at that stage, this is okay. And then they top, right? Like they, they spend all the cash. And they move to another stage, which is acquiring the properties with joint venture partners. Some people grow up to this fast, 
people who doesn't have their own cash, like I didn't have a own cash, so I have to raise money right away. And this is second stage. Between these stages, about five to seven years. Then the research stage in this journey is when you are start building, um, you can start building, you're doing commercial, you said, okay, you know, 10 houses is not enough for me. I want to have one roof and 10 units. You start going to multifamily. And that's where I see a lot of people lose money because they got bored with what is working and they start something new, which is not uh, because ego gets in the way, you know, like, oh, you can do whatever. And at that stage, people start land development, land assembly, a lot, lot of money. Some, some progression really nicely, some doesn't. And, uh, and the last stage, it's another five to seven years. So you're in the game for about 15 to 21 years. And then you're getting older, you're getting bolder, you have kids, you have family, you don't want to do any work and you start lending money because you accumulated a little bit or a lot of wealth. You sell your assets and you just, it's natural. So when I learned these four stages and I had like four properties and it's like, well, why I'm doing like everybody else? Why not to jump in the private lending? and then go backwards if I choose so. But I realize that I have more uh, freedom, I have more flexibility, I don't need to deal with tenants. And, and but, um, people don't pay rent, but people pay mortgages. You know, of course there's people who don't pay mortgages, but I found that uh, you will be scared not to pay mortgage, then you will be scared not to pay rent, right? Of course, it depends on different uh, provinces you're in, but. I found that is uh, fascinating. It, it does depend on the provinces because I feel like, you know, Ontario would get away with a lot more. And so does Montreal and then you go to like Alberta and it's different. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Because there is a uh, like a level of friendly provinces and, and, and some of them is not. So that's kind of mm -hmm. what I realized. So province for me, because I have a security, right? So, but I lent, I lent secured, I lent unsecured, I lent mobile homes, I lent art collections, I lent on cars. I lent different types of loan. I've done 200 loans, 290 loans myself personally through my own personal holding company, corporation. And I also helped my investors to do the same what I'm doing. And it, recently, like four years ago, we opened a bond fund where we can pull money out. So for me, it's kind of easier because, um, you know, I don't need to qualify for the mortgages. That's a pros, right? Like, because if you want to buy uh, and don't pay cash, then you have to qualify for a mortgage. Sooner or later, a bank will say no to you and they have to come to uh, firms like us to borrow extra cash at higher rate. Uh, the, the, the cause is there, there is no appreciation. So if you're looking for just a cash flow, steady cash flow, it's good. But if you're looking for appreciation, then of course, lending money will not get you there. So that's why uh, if you follow our wealth triangle formula, you have to grow your wealth on the top of the triangle at a higher, uh, much higher pace, and then you use money to protect using a specific design, uh, you know, life contracts, and then you use our bond fund, a similar venture, so you can have a cash flow. Um, in terms of uh, other kind of pros and cons, I think that's the biggest ones that I see that all people always asking me, you know, like, well, you'll not be able to do it, but you have other investments. You have something like if you invest in the stock market, if you invest in uh, businesses. Because the business is the best way to, to grow your wealth. And then eventually you invest in real estate on other asset classes. And that's what I learned from a book, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad, the Robert Kiyosaki was saying that you have to invest in business first, then invest. I did opposite. I started investing in real estate and made a business out of it as of necessity, right? then just kind of following the smart advice. So what's the number one problem that real, the real estate investors come to you with? Is it, well, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you the answer. <laughs> Just what's, what's the biggest problem that you hear over and over from real estate investors? Banks are very tough nowadays. Like if you want to get and grow your portfolio, you need to use leverage, right? And the bank is your best partner. There is nothing better than the banks because the money there is so cheap, you have to maintain a very, very good relationship with the bank. And people come to us because they buy not for the cash flow, so banks will not lend them. They buy in speculative mode, they buy in something not, not conforming, so they cannot prove the income of the property to the bank, and they come to us, so a bank doesn't want to approve me. I said, well, wh why is that? Well, because uh, I don't declare enough income, 
So they don't like self-employed people. We can fix that issue. Or they say, well, property is not conforming because you have a suited house and it's not there. Or DCR for multi-units, it doesn't work because the banks calculate their own ratios on their own calculators, not like you have a rent minus mortgage minus property taxes, everything else is cash flow. That's not how the banks calculate. And the, the rules and, and regulations that come into the marketplace is just making it like very, very hard you know, to, for investor to, to buy it. And that's why you need to use other people's money. And I recommend my clients and investors to start using private, uh, in, in, not private money, start using investors' money and borrowers' qualifications, like right from the beginning. Don't wait, you know, a couple of years while you're in acquisition mode. Just start doing it right away. So this way you will be prepared when, when you hit the ceiling with the bank. We're going to take a quick break from the show. Hey guys, just pausing the podcast to introduce you to Inspire Beach Resort, which is one of the development projects that I have been actively working on with Harry James and Joe Ferrara. And we are going to create a one of a kind resort like none other upscale adults only where you can relax and rewind take some time for yourself, take care of your health, and it is going to be absolutely spectacular. Some of the planning that we have been doing is absolutely amazing, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Phase one is going to be completed in the summer of 2022, and I want to invite you to come up to our first ever retreats at the resort and this is going to be in august we are doing it over three days and we are going to be covering real estate investing topics but also a ton of other self-development networking there's going to be a ton of things we're going to have lots of activities uh, and it was going to be a retreat like none other and so if you are interested reach out to me at sarah at sarahlarby.com. Send me a message on Instagram, which is at investor Sarah Larby, or check out the liverealfactory.com, which is liverealfactory.com. And if you go to the events, you will get more information on that as well. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm a big believer in just having multiple options for lending, whether it's, you know, traditionally working with a good mortgage broker, or private lenders, et cetera, so you can cast a wide net so that you have a deal under contract, you have options. I do want to take a different approach and, and find out from the other, the other point of view, though, if somebody does have cash that they want to lend out, what are some of the criteria that they should consider before lending that out? You know, like, what do you look for in order to say, I want to loan to this investor on this deal, or, you know, this is not the right investor. This is not the right deal. Can you walk us through maybe some of that mindset and then how you go about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it comes, all comes down to trust, you know, financial services is trust business. If you trust this person, you will lend money. If you don't trust, don't lend money. Some people, you know, let money close in their backyard. Uh, we currently lend Alberta and BC. So for us, it doesn't really matter. Like I said, I was lending money on art collection. There is no security. I was lending money 150% loan to value. There is no security. I was lending money on cars, you know, try to find the car. Uh, for you, it just, it's not for everyone. Like investing in real estate, not for everyone. Some people like stock market. Some people like build businesses. Some people just lazy like me and want to just lend money out. That's it, right? So it all depends at what stage of life you're in. But uh, in order for you to, how to underwrite the files properly to make sure you mitigate the risk, it just comes down of experience. Because when you get started, I would recommend you to work with somebody who is experienced in that, like everything else. If you invest in real estate and want to buy a house, don't just go blindly buy it. Partner up with someone who already done that right and that's number one and, and and as you go you will see because you might do like 10 deals and you never lose money in private lending and if you do uh you know very first one and it's going to go sideways same with real estate like if you buy a house and it's not performing you know it might be a disaster for you uh, but if you and, and disaster comes like all the problems comes of um knowledge like fear fear lack of knowledge like if you don't know what you're doing you will be kind of stuck 
But if you actually know what you're doing, you can underwrite the files when you land. And like, I, I wouldn't lend to friends, to be honest, because if you want to lose a friend, give them money kind of thing. But, uh, and I've done this in the past and I still don't have friends, you know, because sometimes they take advantage of it. However, um, I, I would just prefer to, to lend to third party people um, because when, when you get into this position, unless you understand and they understand when, like, if you're secured on the property and you have legal right to take their house and sell it to get your money back, everybody has to agree. That's why you use lawyers. Never uh, do it like on a handshake kind of thing. Of course, you can do it. And I've done this. I've done promissory notes, not anymore because what for? But in the beginning, whatever you're getting into, you just need this experience and uh, check the property, how you see if you like the property. Uh, and some people say, well, I only land if I will live in the property. I have a different approach. I will land just for the sake of lending money because I will never live in a property where my borrowers live in, right? So for me, like how I can justify that. So some people rely on that. I have a different approach probably because we have multiple deals and it depends how much cash you have available. If you only play with $100,000, well, how many loans you can do, right? If you play with a hundred million dollars fund, uh, then you have a lot of things where you can uh, uh, lend out. So it depends where you stand and something in between, like if you have a million or $2 million account, um, it's up to you. What I found most people are starting small when they start lending and mostly they're doing second mortgages. That's how I started, second and third mortgages. And I love that because I can deliver good returns. Um, I understand the risks being in second and third position lender and I'm okay with that. And for me, um, it's, it, it, there is no risk. Like it, it's, it's asking somebody, if you're doing it for the first time, of course you have a huge amount of risk. If you're doing this multiple times, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times, then it's like ask real estate experience, real estate investor, would you buy there or not? Right? Like, oh, I will not buy in this area because of that. Same here as well. You will not lend money to people who are fall into a specific category, but we give chances to people all the time. So I would like to take you back to when you first came to Canada because you, you were an immigrant. And you, and, and, you, and, you, and you had to learn, well, like the, the language, as you said, and, and sort of get your, become accustomed to the culture here. So how did you start? Because a lot of people in the right club and, and people who listen to the podcast are going, but I don't know how to get started. I don't know who to talk to. So how did you get started? How, who did you talk to when you first started in, in, in real estate investing? Because, you know, as an immigrant, it's really difficult. It's way more difficult than if you, if you were born here and you grew up knowing a lot of people, right? When you go to a new country, you're pretty much starting with a, a blank slate. It's, it's very difficult. So what did you do? How did you get to know people? Because we all know you can't invest in real estate without other people, right? Absolutely. And that's an awesome question. Well, I was poor. And that's motivation why I was never go back to Russia. You know, when we escaped that, you know, the, the, the regime and like, like I would rather die here poor than I would die poor there, right? So for me, that was uh, Power of Broke. I recommend people to read the book by Damon uh, Jones, Power of Broke. When you have zero money, you have nothing to lose, you will motivate. Like we brought like $10,000 when we came here and you spend this within a month you know, uh, and, and then like, you don't have, you have to go and have to find work. So I found there is only five simple ways to achieve massive success. It's a focus, networking, confidence, persistence, and patience. There is no other things. And everybody has their strengths in certain things or their weaknesses. Like patience is my weakness. You know, I wanna, uh, I wanna get to this sooner. That's why I pay, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars in mentorships uh, just to get this sooner, right? Uh, some people can take, you know, five, 10, 15 years to buy first or second property. Like I don't have this, like I'm just impatient. And of course it was tough. And of course, like I was babysitting some of my early investors for years, you know, I start doing it myself and I kind of connect with them. And I start babysitting them. I start wine dining them. I start, you know, asking their questions. Do you want to invest with me? And of course they said, oh, let me see it. And I have some investors who eight years down the road say, oh, are you still there? I will invest with you. 
So I think if you network enough, uh, then you'll be able to sooner or later gather what you're looking for and just never give up. And you know, everything else will come uh, as long as you, if you truly believe in that and that's what, where focus comes in, right? Uh, when, when I get focused, because I was all over the place, was trying buying here and there. And when I got my focus, uh, a laser, uh, laser focus, then I'd be able to raise, you know, a million bucks in 11 months and this kind of get started with, 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 with a lot of things. Uh, and people, when people jump from one thing to another, I think like you need to have some sort of accountability body so you can uh, rely on someone um, advice or experience. And I would like to share with everyone, people, your clients on the podcast, you know, your listeners and, and everyone else, you know, they can reach out and, and, and ask any questions how we started and how was there. But I think my motivation was, is because I was poor and I don't want to go back. It's, it's terrible, terrible experience. We're going to take a quick break from the show. Hey, Right Club Nation. We want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce you to a longtime supporter of the Right Club and many members of the Right Club Nation, Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We, as Elevation Realty, are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Right Club, and we have been attending since the second Right Club. We are an investment-focused, high-volume real estate team serving the Golden Horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you want to find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off-market opportunities, as well as we are very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on-market opportunities. We've helped a number of clients with the right club, find flips, single-family rentals, duplex conversions, three- and four-unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow. A little bit about myself, if you haven't heard, personally, I've scaled over 300 doors in the last two years, which has given me a ton of experience in analyzing all the deals that may come across my desk for you. So if you're interested in learning more, please reach out to us at 905-592-4220, or you can email us at admin at elevationrealty.ca, that is admin at E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, and let's sit down and create your investment dream portfolio. Guys, and I have to say, I stand behind Elevation and Dylan. They found me. My last few properties have done an amazing job. 100% recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work. Now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, it, it is like, it is an interesting story just to see and hear how people got to where they got to today. And you know, it, it's usually from a place of discomfort. Like some of the, the best success stories, you know, hit rock bottom or came and, and decided that, you know, they didn't want to be living the life that they wanted to be and, and, and made some changes along the way. So it sounds like you've done that and that's just amazing to see. So I do want to ask though, you know, obviously there's a lot of money to lend out there uh, when you're in the industry you know, what are, so if somebody has an, you know, a deal and they want to work with you, like, what are we on average? And I know we can't give exact amounts, but let's just do an average. Like what is the cost to borrow money and how much can be borrowed? Fantastic question, Sarah, because there is like four different types of lenders. There is your A lenders, which is a bank, credit unions, financial institution, where you get the money under 3%. There is semi-banks lenders. There is like uh, monoline lenders, it's called. The, the only thing they do is just lend on the mortgages. There where you get a little bit higher interest rate. Then there is the mortgage investment corporations. And mortgage investment corporations, that's the kind of pool of money like we have with our bond fund. And they lend money, you know, at 5 6 7% and up. And there is real private lenders. And that's where we operate. And that's where my investors operate. In because if you have cash, RSP, TFSA, Lira, your kids' uh, savings, you can lend this money. And so basically, if you start with a bank, and we're always trying to start with a bank when we approach the client and say, with a bank, you can get under 3%. And the range goes to private money. And with private money, you charge like 10, 12, 15, 16, 18, 20, 25%. The sky is the limit. You don't have, like, if it's a risky deal, you charge more interest, you know? And of course, if you pass in you know, a certain threshold, then you have to have a license and, and you, have, you cannot just charge whatever you want to charge. Of course, there is a criminal rate that you kind of uh, need to you know, comply with 
that you cannot charge as well. Uh, but for you as individual investor, you can charge whatever you wish to charge. As long as other parties agree to that, I would say for us personally on average, we charge between 10 to 15%. I, uh, and I've charged more than that, and I've charged less than that. And um, uh, we, we happen to, to see and to know that the interest, the cost doesn't really matter. You can get um, two and a half percent for zero dollars in the bank, because you know, that's what banking say to you, or you can get 500,000 at 10% interest rate. So what would you pick? You know, zero dollars at two and a half percent, or 500,000 to 10%. So uh, it all depends. If you cannot make money with the private money, then you should not get into this deal in the first place. But uh, it's interesting enough that people currently paying Canadian Spain right now between 19, 99% to 36% on the credit card debt, and they just pay it and don't even say anything. And when we charge people, you know, 12% say, oh, oh my goodness, you're charging so much, your fees are ridiculous. I said, well, do you have a credit card? Yes, but I pay this all the time, but you're the only one from 5% of population who pay the credit card all the time. So you'll like it that way. So I'm not sure if I answer your question, but range can be from 3%. Of course, we will not lend, we pay investors. Like when people invest into our bond fund, we pay them between eight to 10% on their money. And so we have to rent their money for higher, 11, 12, 15, right? Uh, but if they are individual investors, they can generate you know, their own uh, rate of return, whatever is kind of feasible. If it's a first position mortgage, second position, third position, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like that's the average, the average going rate. And you know, I think from, a, from an exit standpoint, that is gonna be the important part, right? It's not like you wanna borrow this 10 to 15% rates for three years, four years, five years. Like these are usually flips. These are usually like short-term bird deals, something with an exit, you know, something where you've got a time frame. I would say, you know, ideally a year or less so that you've got, you know, an ability to exit, whether it's through an institutional bank or your plan is to sell. But I do wanna go back and I wanna say, I agree with you. Like if the deal is not, is too thin that your fees and the rates are going to make the deal no longer good. It's probably not that good of a deal to begin with. I agree with you. And, and you see this a lot, you know, the people come to us, we have a happy flipper program where we charge borrowers 1% upfront or 3% uh, 3% upfront and 1% interest. So if you use money for six months, your cost is 6%. If you use money for a full year, your cost is 15%. Right. Um, uh, so basically the less money you use like three months, it's like 6%. It's nothing. And that's what you'd be able to flip the deal. If you use for six months, it's 6% uh, plus three, it's 9%. Right. So in this case, uh, we allow people to understand and tell them like, I don't want to lend you money because I see that I am the only one who is making money. I am fine with that. My investor will laugh, but I don't want you to get into this position and not all the lenders are doing so. Right. Some people just lend money for the sake of lending it. They don't, uh, they don't worry about the exit. And that's where they can, the disaster can happen foreclosure can happen. For us, we're in a position to provide solution rather than just, uh, you know, take advantage of people who are might be not um, reasonably um, estimating their like exit and, you know, how they can make money on, on this particular project. And, and you can use money in, in different ways. Uh, but how you get started, that's the only way to use it. And when you accumulate enough cash, then you will become a private lender yourself. So it's, it's like catch 22 when you don't have anything to start. Like I did, I was paying like a lot, like for me, it doesn't really matter. I have to make it work. And if I can't make it work, then you don't borrow. And, and, and from that, you just kind of transition uh, gradually into the position that you, you become your own, you know, bank. So can you tell us the, the most unusual um, lending situation you've ever seen. Like, I mean, I'm not you know, with personal details, but I want to know, like, what, what, give us an example of, some, of someone who walked in and you just went, whoa, where did this come from? Or, or and maybe, maybe you went for it, maybe you didn't, but like, tell us, tell us, give us a story about what a really unusual situation. Oh, 
um, all our files is an unusual situation. Uh, all our files are from people uh, because they come to us and not as like a last resort. That's what most of the people think is kind of me, 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 uh, misconception there. Uh, because oh like if i can't go bank i, I only go to private no uh, it's just because some people have damaged credit and some people had some disaster COVID happened we were still lending a lot of people stopped lending when COVID happened we will still lending money because we understand sooner or later we'll uh, recover and even right now it's not even recovered yet you know but we're still lending uh, for us uh, people have bankruptcy foreclosures uh, people are overextended with the credit they, like we didn't deal right now, double bankruptcy, you know, uh, and we're saving them from foreclosure. So uh, we are uh, a solution. For, and of course, we will charge that. Like we will, we will increase the premium because risk is much higher. But we always give people a second and third chance, even if we start, you know, legal action against them. Because sometimes people don't even think that it's real. You know, oh, you just kind of lending money and that's it. I said, no, lending money is easy part. Collecting money back is the hard part. You know, and, and that's why you get the lawyers involved and have a proper documentation um, that you have to um, come up with and build over time. Same as your lease agreements, if you are, you know, have a rent own or rent own, have you like buy and hold uh, properties. So the difficult situation is always, I and actually love the difficult. I don't like easy peasy deals because I don't think that I can bring value. If you're bankable, your income is good, um, I don't believe in, in rate shopping. Go to the bank, whatever you like. Go, go to your mortgage broker, whatever you like. Don't go for rate shopping, you know, uh, because you should understand how the banking works and you should control the banking function in your family. And, and that's, you, you, can, you can become your own bank using specific tools that we uh, teach and educate people about. But um, unusual situation is whatever you can imagine, like I said, we have people come to us and they only have a car. So you lend money in the car. One guy just brought our piece of art. So we stored in our office and we lend money to him on that. You know, uh, the people was um, having trouble to finance mobile homes because nobody financed mobile homes because it's a stigma. Oh, mobile homes is like a car. It goes down every day, which is true. But if there is an exit in place, who cares if you're okay to take this risk? You know, if you, you want to help people in, in, uh, from the bottom of your heart, you will find a solution how to fund it. If you are very fixed and you're very kind of squared like a bank or, or it doesn't fit this, it doesn't fit that, they have enough equity, etc. I lend money to a lady and um, she was a business owner. She went to five different banks. She has a perfect credit, but she doesn't have any equity in her property. So we lend her a little bit of money to get started on her business. And, and she kind of gets started. Of course, we charge a lot. And I told you, like, it's super expensive. Do you want to do it? Her projection was great, but nobody was expecting the COVID situation, right? And now she kind of stuck and we're still working with her. But that's another good example. Another unusual situation right now we're dealing with is um, foreclosure, double bankruptcy foreclosure. Because real estate investor doesn't really come very often to us because they're either trying to use bank's money and, and do it that way because I found not a lot of real estate investors using their performers based on the uh, private cost. Because if you use, you know, unless it's, unless it's a decrepit looking house, like there is going to be some stuff that regardless, like you have to go private with, even if you have an investor that's bankable, there's a, there's a house that's missing a kitchen that has a, like a big hole through the floor. You are not getting any type of lender other than private going for that. Absolutely. And, and that is, like, for example, right now we have non-conforming property in Prince George. Like I've talked to uh, one of our referral partners. Uh, we work with mortgage brokers. So we have like 730 mortgage brokers that we work with. We have over 180 uh, realtors that we work with. And um, so the mortgage broker said, well, I have a property. Excellent credit, excellent everything. They want to buy house and right beside this house on the same lot, there is a boarding house. Like, you know, there is like a lot of tenants in, in the same house. So it's not conforming for the bank. So what they want to do, they want to acquire this property with the private money, subdivide it in between, and then they go to the bank here and then another private there. So that's another unusual situation. We're still waiting for documentation because it was happened today. 
but I think that's a little bit another to, to, to put into uh, to your question, Laurel, because I love those challenge files. I, I always, I don't think, I ever told my, my referral partners, mortgage broker, don't send me this easy deal. I want a deal that I cannot sleep over. I need to find a massage to make sure that they can back to the office and kind of provide you a solution. That's kind of wakes me up at night. That's what keeps me going because it's boring. Lending money is so boring. It's just crazy. It sounds like, you know, you really like the creative side of this. And that's, you know, all those, all those strange and wonderful deals that walk in the door. And, and, that, and that's, you know, real estate investing, like anything else. It, bottom line, it's a people business, right? Yes, we're investing in a, like a physical house. But it, like you said at the beginning, it's about trust. And you don't trust a house, you trust the person. And that's as simple as that. So I think we're going to move on to our lightning round questions now. All right, let's do it. You ready to play, Constantin? Absolutely. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right, so here's question number one. First answer that comes to mind. What is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Uh, the best advice I received is um, don't be cheap on yourself. And what this means is like you need to put money into yourself first before you buying any properties, before you buying anything like coaching, mentoring. That's the best. Like I wish I listened to my mentors more often. Uh, I will be progressing even faster. You know, that's uh, I would say that don't ship out on yourself. Nobody can take it from you. Like if you absorb it, nobody can take it. So invest in yourself first. That's really great advice. All right, question number two. What is your favorite resource for real estate investing? And it could be anything, book, training, person, event, podcast, uh, Facebook group. I, what's your favorite resource? So what we're doing right now, we are partnering up uh, with mortgage brokers, uh, real estate investment clubs like your club. Uh, people who are already in the game, they understand that. Like, like our goal is to lend money in this case. So we are sourcing, instead of going individually source, we just go into network of people. Like for example, mortgage broker on another, uh, in another province has another 100 people that they know. So we prefer to share the wealth and share the love with them and explain that and they kind of give it to us. Networking is huge. I think it's, a, I told you in my five, uh, five simple things, networking number two. Like if you're not shy and if you cannot talk, you just go in and do that because that's what will bring you more deals. And if you tell universe, you tell everyone about that, they will be calling you. And then you say, oh my goodness, so many calls now. Like I, I don't have this, I don't have projects. Like our problem right now, like we don't have deals. Like that's our problem. And, and, and when you sit on cash, it's really bad because cash is going down every day. If you sit on $10 million cash, Next year, it's $9 million because real inflation is 10%. So your money buying power is, is diminishing. And, you know, it, it's put to stress, you know, people when they kind of say, well, you know, I would rather have a problem with uh, money. Like I have a lot of deals, but I don't have money. It's like, it's super easy to fix. Money is everywhere. Uh, it's how you put this. Uh, you just need to be open to that. And talk to smart people. Talk to people who join the club like yourself. Like I, I was shocked, Francois, giving you credit to him, you know, when he introduced me, like I am very surprised how many people he knows and how many deals we already have done so far for the last little while and how like you have to find the circle of influence in each town, in each city, regardless if it's small or big, there is somebody who everybody knows. Get, you know, get to know them really well. Wine and, and dine them, buy, buy their time buy, bring some value to them to make sure you can get it to their network. And your network is your net worth. Exactly right. Amazing. Amazing. That's, a, that's such a great answer. Awesome. Question number three, what is the attribute 
that has made you successful? What would you say? What, what's the one attribute that has made you successful? Um, I think fear to go back to a poor country. I, I think that uh, that was my motivation. You know, um, I am helping to escape right now what is going on this, this, what in the world right now. Helping, mm. helping to escape some of my friends there. And some, some people comfortable. And I said, well, you need to get rid of the comfort. Leave everything what you have. Houses, cars, but there is no many assets. Like if you have a house, you're already a rich person there. But leave it and just go for the better. And if you have something to lose, you will never accomplish in my view because you're comfortable. If you have nothing to lose and you burn all the bridges, like you don't have any other but to succeed. You don't have any other kind of ways, right? And I want to bring this to, to people. And I, because nobody helped me when I started, I think it's my duty and responsibility to share this and tell and bring and lift it up and motivate people. And I used to do coaching in the past. And I, then I started doing coaching for my salespeople. And after that, I said, kind of give up on that. You know, it's just better to spend time with the family. And, uh, uh, but I still like to do that. I'm going to pick up somebody and, and mentor them. And the, the attribute, like you have to be super hungry. If you're fat, you know, you can wait till tomorrow for the next deal. But if you're hungry, you can't wait. Tomorrow cannot, uh, might never, uh, will materialize for you tomorrow, right? So you have to do it now. And that's probably where is my weakness is with patience. Like sometimes I cannot wait. Sometimes I make a bad decisions because of impatience. But I think every successful businessman has to have the attribute of at least learning and developing themselves. So I, I put a lot of efforts in learning. You know, um, I spent 20,000 US last year just for, for my training and, and learning exercises because I truly believe in that because I don't believe in a, in a regular education system. I think if you have this life learning experience and life learning uh, personality, then like, and if you follow these five simple things to achieve massive success, like it's, it's inevitable, then you will do it. You know, network with people, grow it, take some time, just as long as you're in it. You, you, you will be in. Amazing. Great, great answer. And I do I agree with you. Once you're too comfortable or you're in your comfort zone, you're not going to push yourself to the extent that you need to make things happen. So question number four, what do you typically do on a Sunday morning? Um, actually, excellent question. So uh, when I was flying back and forth, I joined a group with deep dive, deep dive, but we just kind of go and swim in the ocean regardless of the water. So that was my, my new venture here. I've done this several times. Um, on Sunday morning, because I have a very young kid, I like to sleep. I like to sleep. And if I can sleep till eight, that's cool. But usually like seven or six thirty, and that's what I'm missing from my earlier days. So um, sometimes I go to the office, like for example, I have a, a client because I like to help. And if it's urgent, I would, I would go to the office and, and uh, because I, I like to go to the office, you know, do something. Um, spend time right now, like my priority is spend time with my wife and with my little one and just to kind of teach him and explain them how grateful we are, you know, uh, just to, to be able to live even, you know, whatever economic situation happening and just go for a walk, might be just to relax and rejuvenate. Uh, I don't meditate, which is always trying to, but I think that's also a good part, but I, I like to uh, listen, um, you know, uh, jazz music, kind of classical music as well, just to relax a little bit. Um, but that's pretty much it, I would say. Awesome, so, sounds great. Con uh, where can our Right Club community reach out and find out more? How they can reach out to us? Uh, well, on our website, we have multiple websites. One of them deals, uh, well, deals, deals at Best Capital Bond. That's our email. Uh, bestcapitalbond.com. That's our investor website. For the mortgages, we have k5mortgage.com. We also have different partnerships as well. Um, I think the best way is to reach out is just give us a call on any, like you can search us, you can search my name, you can search your company name on Google. And, uh, and find out about us or just reach out to you guys and you can introduce uh, us directly or indirectly, I would say. 
We'll, we'll put your information in the show notes for the podcast so people can actually reach out to you directly and then just uh, that way they can uh, get some some good feedback uh, and, and answers to their questions in a timely manner as well. Awesome. Well, thank Absolutely. you so much Absolutely. for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you on and uh, thanks for, for providing such the, so much insight and congrats on all your success as well. Like you really, you know, I love to hear the stories of, of you know, somebody starting from nothing and, and and, uh, and really becoming successful with, uh, you know, working their way up. So congratulations and thank you. Yeah, very motivational. Very motivational. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. And any questions, I'm always uh, here to answer and, you know, support everyone and your members as well. That was awesome. You know, I, I really enjoyed getting to know Constantin and, uh, you know, he's just got tons of insights. But, you know, some, somebody might be listening to this and realizing that maybe dealing with renovations or tenants or, you know, any of that stuff is not for them. And they might want to be a private lender. And, uh, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually, you know, sometimes when people have a lot, they sell everything and then they become the private lender down the road. And that could be an end game for somebody, but it could also be the starting game for somebody yeah. as well that may not want to deal with all of the more active type of real estate strategies. I, I agree. And, um, uh... I mean, I think in our, in our future, my future, and and, and Danielle's future, where we will be, we will be looking at becoming private lenders. Um, but it, it it made me think when he talked about, you know, he started out like pretty early on in his his career. He just said, "I want to be the private lender. Like that's what I want to do." And he's so passionate about it, isn't he? Like he's just so passionate. He likes to help people, and he really um, he likes those unusual situations where he has to think and be creative. Yeah. You know, I thought it was pretty interesting that he was lending on art and on cars because not every private lender will do that. Right. Like some private lenders in the industry, it's just real estate, but it sounds like he could pretty much, you know, whatever has some value in, in his eyes, he he's willing to lend on. So I think it's quite interesting in, in uh, right club nation. If you haven't left a rating or a review or signed up for free to join our website and our community where there's a ton of different events and lots of opportunities, please do so therightclub.com. Sign up. It is free. There's tons of resources. But uh, on that note, Laurel, what do we tell our Right Club Nation? Customize your life. Because hey, if you don't do it, who is, right? That's it. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.